Welcome to the hashtag blessed version of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. I am your moderator, Josiah, and on the panel I have today with me Byron, Amy, and not Will. <laughs> That's very That's accurate. True. That's true. So who do we have? Who's our new guest? Who's our new panel? Ryan. Ryan today. Ryan Alba. You may uh, recognize Ryan if you listen to season one of the the podcast. Um but if you didn't, we're going to catch you up real quick. Before we do, though, one quick little – I'm trying to say this as many times as possible because I, I'm getting some feedback that people are a little confused. This is the short-form version of the show. If you see in your podcast feed, it says episode 00-whatever, hashtag blessed. That's the short-form. If you see uh, the long-form version is the one where it, it says a person's name and a description about them. So Cassidy – uh, the prodigal, uh, or whatever we call them, the perennial, Don, Ron, the seasoned saint, Trevor, the millennial pastor. So we're we're doing two different types of shows because some of our listeners really like the long version of the show, and some of our listeners don't have time for that, and they only want to listen to the short version, which is why we're going to try to hold ourselves to time. So we're going to get to it right now. I'm going to moderate, and our panelists are going to respond to questions that I will throw at them. So you guys ready? Yeah. Yes. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. Time is starting now. Segment one, instead of doing what we normally do, we're going to do a get to know Ryan. Ryan, where are you at? Physically? Mentally? Yes. <laughs> yes. However you want to yes. interpret that question. Uh, I am at my house in Mesa, Arizona. What do you do in Mesa, Arizona? Uh, I've got two young children who are currently asleep and a beautiful wife and we i'm an associate pastor at a local nazarene church how long have you been there uh a little over two years just over two years yeah so this is going to be kind of like a, a multiple multiple part question how old are you 35 so i think we had established i, I can't remember how, how millennial was he byron do you remember if i recall he was well, we loaded the questions against him, so he was millennial. <laughs> There's, I think he missed like what? I think. Oh, was he too early for the questions? I don't remember. No, I got the questions. I remember because were the, you the first one? I don't know. one of them. Yeah, because you asked me, "Have you ever used the hashtag blessed?" And I said yes, but only ironically. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we loaded him pretty much against him. So I think he was pretty millennial. I think he missed a couple of them, but yeah, he's millennial. I sort of- I fall underneath the whatever definition of year born millennial. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're born in the mid to late eighties. Uh, Amy always feels like we alienate her cause she's like maybe on the cusp of gen X and millennial, but to establish your millennial cred, we ask your age, even though that doesn't always mean anything. Next question. Next part question is how long have you been a pastor? Uh, math is hard. Almost seven years, eight years. No, almost. Yeah. Almost seven years. Yeah. Almost seven years. And you've been in the Nazarene church that whole time or where have you been? Uh, I have been a Nazarene the whole time. Uh, I, before I came to Mesa, I was at an evangelical free church. So I was at another denomination. 
Was that in California? Where were you? Yeah, Northern California. So you, me and Byron know you from school, Southern California. We went to Point Loma together. Where did you go after Point Loma? After Point Loma, uh, we, Megan and I got married in Sacramento. And then after we got married, we went and helped out at a church plant in Florence, Arizona, uh, where there's a bunch of prisons and mm-hmm. was unpaid. And it was 2009. And so we couldn't find work. So we did the thing that I think every young married couple does is we moved in with her parents <laughs> in Kansas Wait, City. every millennial couple does that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. shots fired. <laughs> Apparently, well, Amy, you didn't was... ever live with your parents? No, we didn't. <laughs> that was for you. Josiah. I remember when I was a kid, my, my parents lived with my dad's parents. So I, I just assumed a lot of young couples do that. I just want to point out, I never live with my parents with my wife. We live with my grandparents. So okay. What now? There we go. Totally different. So, okay. So, tangent. Tangent real quick. I'm going to ask this to Amy, even though this is the Get to Know Ryan section, but real quickly, uh, Amy. Um, so, I've noticed, this is like an observation, I guess. I want your reaction to it. Um, America might be one of the few countries that really harps on that because if you go to Italy or you go to, uh, you know, Greece or you go to a whole bunch of different European or even African countries, like they're multi-generational homes. Leaving home is not a concept. Like that's not a thing. So do you think it's good or bad that we have that in America? So here's the thing. I think it's, I think it's bad because i feel like the generations have separated because of it and we don't have a sense of family that other cultures have but the difference is i think in those cultures the families all come together and everybody helps and everybody does their part here they just move into mooch not that you guys did (laughs) (laughs) ryan okay back to ryan did you move into mooch uh we lived we lived with our uh with my in-laws for less than a month so yeah, no, that was not the purpose of, me, of you, moving in with them. That's not you that did. long. That's yeah. not really moving in. That's yeah. just visiting. So wait, uh, what, that's how what, long is li- is moving in then? If you're going to you put know, parameters I, on this, you might as well go all the way. Well, it depends. If you have goals, do you have goals? Or is it like, we might be here until we decide not to be? <laughs> I guess yeah. an indefinite period of time might make it different. But yeah. it's just curious because I, I actually – yeah, I was in uh, what was I doing? I was in some. I was in fire academy to become a firefighter with a guy that tell me the story. I'm like, so where is this? Because he's telling me about like his almost wife. So that's really weird, man. Like, why didn't she come? He's like, never try to separate an Italian woman from her mother. And I didn't fully get that at first, but then he continued to tell me about that's just the culture. Like, you don't expect to get married and pull this person out from their home. Like, this is their generational home they're not going to leave it so um but yeah i I just thought i was really curious because we don't do that here all right real quick ryan we we went on a tangent sorry Uh, i'm being a bad moderator um you gave us two answers in the long form but i want to quickly hear them again in the short form just in case people haven't heard um from season one what is the church if you could give me briefly what is the church if you can remember mm -hmm. what you said or or whatever and then secondly is there some stuff that needs fixing uh, the church is the people of God who gather to live out the already but not yet kingdom of God. So that we are to be an example of what it means that for heaven to come to earth 
in that we show grace and mercy and we accept people for who they are. Um, and yeah, we need to be fixed. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, the church, I mean, the church, the, the, the irony of the church is it's a, an institution of saints for So <laughs> we, we have people who are people and they have stuff and everybody has stuff. And I think um, that's kind of where the, the, in a lot of, in a lot of ways, I think the it's an unattainable goal to reach in that we are trying to live out the, the kingdom, but that doesn't mean it's not a worthy goal to try to live out. Love it. By the way, listeners and Ryan and everyone else, that was our timer. We're extending our first two segments from five minutes to seven minutes because we go over anyways. And then our last <laughs> segment is going to be 15 minutes. So we're going to segment two. Y'all ready for this? Let's do it. Amy. Sorry. <laughs> Amy, you're up first. And then, uh, and then we're going to have Byron on deck. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, Amy, we had first our uh, perennial Dunn, uh, the person that used to go to church, not anymore. His name's Cassidy. We had our seasoned saint. His name's Ron. He's, he's a pretty great guy. And then we had our, I, I don't want to call him stereotypical millennial pastor, but in many people's eyes, that might be what we all are, is just stereotypical millennials who happen to be pastors. So in this whole concept, we're trying to do this cycle of three, and we're trying to kind of create really fun ways to, to have grander conversations. Um, specifically about what we just talked to Ryan about. So if there's like one big thing that really struck you in the last three episodes, that was like, Oh man, I need to do something about that. Or, Oh man, that really made me think completely differently about what would it be and why? Wow. Out of all three of them. Yeah. Or, or if there's, if there's something you like from each one, okay. it's kind of open-ended. Yeah. So. Can I do it that way? Go for it. Take, I don't want to take up all the time, but I feel like with Cassidy, I, his episode just stayed with me like all day. Like I can, I think I even texted you and said like, I'm just feeling like so heavy today. Like I don't know what to do. And there was just so much, I don't know. Like it was just palpable, like what he was saying, but I didn't know what to do with it. And then I felt like, I felt like what he was saying about the church was justified, but then I just felt, like, really sad that that he wasn't, there wasn't this a feeling of hope about Jesus. Like, he just threw it all out. Like, the church is bad, so everything's bad. And, and that felt, I don't know, it just felt heavy, and I thought, if we can't even... If we're making even Jesus look that bad, then what are we doing? And so <laughs> I just, I felt, I felt lost. And so uh, if, I think I told you this, but I think I would say if, the, if that podcast did anything for me, it made me realize I don't have any answers, first of all. But I felt like it like kind of reconfirmed my calling for people that are hurting and people that are searching. So I felt like, okay. Now, what do we do about it? I don't know. So Cassidy's is the one that struck you most. Well, it's the one that left me just thinking about it all day long. But then 
Ron, like, he's my favorite. It's my favorite episode that you've ever done. Um, wow. Yeah, I just felt yeah, like... Why? Was, I want. I don't know. I just wanted to like sit down and like just learn from him. I just felt like he was like this wealth of information. I just really liked. He was super grace filled. He was not judgmental at all. And he. By just... the way, if you if you happen upon <laughs> him, he would let you ask all the questions in the world, take you to coffee, and like give you his phone number. Say, call me anytime. Like that's the type of guy he is. He's he's killer. Yeah, he was just awesome. And like my favorite quote of his. Um, which I put on Facebook because it was that big. Um, but <laughs> he said, being a servant is seldom convenient. And all the yeah. time I'm just like feeling like I'm so like frustrated by people. And then he just made me realize like this is a servant job and it, it's not about anything else. And so, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. I felt like, they both impacted me in different ways. Well, I'm going to actually ask Ryan the question next, Byron, because you're leading the third segment off. So, And since wow. you also were Just... interviewing, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You're already there. It's too late. Ryan, wh- what was your reaction? I mean, you're friends with Trevor. You actually know you know Ron. Um, I don't know if you've ever met Cassidy. I don't think you have. But no. is there anything that in this kind of like trio of – different takes you know kind of outside looking in or the you know looking backwards at what church used to be and part of the future or looking mostly into the future where the church could be what's the what's the biggest thing that struck you or is there something that really you know made you think about their stories yeah i think i'd really echo what uh amy said um i uh cassidy's story i mean in so many ways i feel like um i think trevor pointed out last week like i think he's much more of a, a Jesus follower than he probably wants to claim. Um, and at the same time, um, it breaks my heart that maybe you don't want to take that step because so many people burned him through the whole process. And then yeah. Ron, Ron really gave me a lot of hope just that there are pastors out there that want to invest and raise up the next generation. Uh, I think, a lot of times the impression I get from a lot of people, cause I mean, I'm young, I'm 35, but I'm not that young. Uh, I actually, I was talking with my old youth pastor a couple of weeks ago and I basically said like, in what other industry would somebody who's 35 be considered too young to lead other than the church? Seriously. Like, I, I like, I know like basically like for me, if I was, um, I'm really happy where I'm at. I think, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing what God wants me to do. But, like, if I was to go be a lead pastor somewhere, like, yeah, I'd have to take a smaller church and take somebody, you know, a group of people who just didn't really have a lot of options and um, they couldn't get <laughs> they couldn't get somebody more established, you know. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, you know, like, I'm 35. Like, not to say that, like, it's the same thing, but, like, I'm two I'm two weeks younger than Mark Zuckerberg. Like we were born two weeks apart, and like, <laughs> like not that's nuts, that man. It's the same thing, but like he's like this guy can be the CEO of a multi-billion-dollar company, but you know I'm considered a risk to hire the young pastor for a church, you know. And so, mm-hmm. uh, Ron, I think really was cool because I, I he's not the only one, but there's a lot of other like older pastors. I think that 
really want to help raise up and, and lead younger pastors. But I think a lot, oftentimes I just, I, nobody has ever actually explicitly said it, but I get the impression that a lot of the older folks see us as competition or some, somebody, you know, who's trying to take their job or whatever, even though that's not the case. A hundred percent. Well, segment two is done and we're going to lead off with Byron in segment three anyways. So if segment one was a, this happened this week, Ryan's on the podcast. Segment two is of cultural, uh, of cultural, I don't know, whatever relevance. Yeah, sure. Segment three is going to be more theologically framed, but we're going to talk about a very similar um, thread. So we're going to start with Byron. Are you ready, Byron? So ready. Let's do this. Are you such? Say it. Say it. Say such. I'm ready. such ready because I want to actually talk on the You're podcast. S- I helped found. Good job. All right, let's I'm get just it. kidding. Ready? I'm not that arrogant. I promise. All right, ready. So the first question is going to be a silly question, Byron, but then I'm going to follow it up with a much more uh, theologically meaty question. So, Byron, what's the last thing um, that that was a? I have to Google that because I'm too old now. Maybe it's a Gen Z thing. Maybe it's like Ooh. a. Like um, a Acronym. Yeah, maybe it's a uh, hashtag thing. I'll be honest. The last thing that I did not know on the internet, on internet speak, that I, and I might just be dumb for this one, but is uh, the TLDR. Uh, TLDR. Oh, I had to look that one up too. I, I, I kept saying, I, I was like, what is this? So I Googled it. I was like, oh, okay. So now I get why it's used, but it's just, yeah, I, I had to look it up the, probably two weeks ago. And before that, it would have been. Um, random just Fortnite stuff because i work at an elementary school and like <laughs> literally i'm not kidding like that's like probably 45 percent of the conversation i hear from kids is about Fortnite, and that's like a legit like that we, we have like classes where we talk about math and reading and i swear 45 percent of the overall conversation i hear is still about Fortnite. <laughs> so okay, like, before... I, i've had to look some things up on that because i didn't know uh... Like, oh, Before okay. I ask Byron the meaty question, I want you two to answer real quick too. Ryan, what's the last I had to Google that to stay relevant thing that you had to look up? I'm ashamed, but yeah, uh, it was like internet like speak. I, I had to Google SMH. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Shaking my head. Yeah. Because I can't I, remember TLDR right now. I I know I knew it. At too, a, long it still, too long didn't yeah, read. Too long didn't read. So yeah. shaking my head. Yeah, I had, to, okay. I had to Google that like like two weeks ago. Like, <laughs> I, for, I forget them sometimes if I don't see them after a while. I'll be like, wait, what is that? After they like, really think about it, I'm like, oh, yes, it's that. Okay. Yeah, yeah that hey, was but... me too. I was like, oh, yeah, I've done. <laughs> but the fact that you have to look it up now says something. Amy, what about you? What's the I just most now recent... Googled. I just now Googled CLDR. I didn't know what it meant. Uh... <laughs> before that, what's the most, most recent one before that in real life you had to Something like up? your kids said, probably, because your kids yeah, are that age. I, I, I don't know. I Googled something tonight that I, I usually Google definitions of words because I don't know big words. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. But really is that like a lot of theological words? Because <sighs> yeah, honestly, so, yeah. I do that now that like I'll be reading a theological book and it's been so long since I've been in college, I'll forget what some of these terms mean. Yeah. I'll be like, I mean, crap, I gotta Google that one. Yeah, sometimes it's that. Or sometimes Ecumenical. It's just people use giant <laughs> words and I'm like, or just words, and I'm like, wait, I want to be more specific. So, yeah. Eschatological. I did yeah. Google Eschatological. something tonight, but it had nothing to do with culture, so. I still yeah. think propitiation is one of my favorite theological words. So, not that, that I, we oh, use wait. Oh, 
I oh man, I don't know where it is. I'd tell you if I knew the questions ahead of time. I could have told you. Oh, <laughs> uh, Amy, with your being a good student, the whole point is I want your reaction. <laughs> she wants to do <laughs> research to answer the questions. No, no, no that's, that's we don't want that. I want the exact opposite. This is the best part. Yeah. The best case for me is I literally do nothing before I show up. <laughs> Wait, I mean, it's not a whole lot. Story. Not a whole lot different from any other podcast you're on, Byron. But anyways, moving right along. Not um, on any other podcast. <laughs> With oh, me, yeah, other oh, okay, okay. yeah. No, I do some. I help a lot, a little bit. I do, <laughs> I do minimal labor. Okay, go ahead. What's the Move question? It. Sorry. No, baby, I found it. I just found it. I had to Google. <laughs> I had to Google the word anachronistic the other day. Oh man. And it was, and I don't remember why, but it said something that's old-fashioned and maybe a little out of place. And I was like, "Yep, that's me." <laughs> 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 okay, so there's a there's a point to this question. So I'll circle back around to Byron, um, because I mean, I'm gonna ask you a meaty theological. I'll I'll share mine. VSCO app photo stuff. I don't know if you've heard of that yet. It's like oh, apparently Bisco? there's a yeah, whatever, it, however you say that or whatever. It's like a certain type of girl that takes a certain type of photo on Instagram. That's like girl. I don't know. Yeah, it's like the it's oh, not, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I have it's no that. longer basic, it's no longer that stuff, it's visco or whatever. And so, I, me and Caitlin were looking at him like, What is this new thing that we need to be acquainted with? And like, Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Oh, Anyways. I saw that too, but I didn't know what it meant and I didn't feel like reading the article. Yeah, so I, I skipped it so too. I didn't even care. So, TLDR, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> TLDR. okay, yeah. Byron, real yes. talk now. Um, Ryan was a hundred percent touching on this already. And I think there's a theological thread here that needs to be unraveled slightly. Um, do you think that the stereotype of the church being a, a sea of gray hair on a Sunday morning, mostly old people, is some sort of uh, way you can evaluate whether they've done discipleship well? Like their inability to do what we can't – like we're Google searching, so maybe we're still working on it, right? But like do you think the church is – uh, aging congregations um, is is a slight against their ability to disciple, and um, what do you think? I don't. Do you think that's that's somehow a, a grade the church receives as a failure? Like, like, what what do you think that says about the direction the church is going, and if they've completely lost touch intergenerationally? Um. So my prejudice is going to show my answer, but yes. Um, and that's mainly because of my experience, though. I've worked in churches that have a lot more older people. I've grew up in a church like that. That's still like that. It's getting better, but, like, it's not good. Um, and the problem, I think, is people, like, when you have a congregation full of one generation, this could be old or young, they both do this. You focus on what they like only. Yeah. And we get lost in their preference. So either old or like a millennial church is the same thing where they have to have like the trendiest music or whatever. And their pastor needs to wear skinny jeans, right? Yeah. Like, so like there are churches that do the same thing but for the younger generation too. We get so lost in what our, our people want. And I think part of the problem for older churches, honestly, in my experience, is money. Yeah. Older people like retire, people who retire, especially in Arizona come from other places like we get a lot of Californians retiring here and they have a lot of money because they sell their houses for so much money in California. And then they have to just dump that into like, they just have wealth because of just by selling property basically. Um, and so they come here and then they say, well, this is what I want in church. And this is, I'm paying all this money in my ties. So you need to do what I want. That was the attitude of the church that Josiah and I grew up in. 
And like we had people who legitimately like they would die and leave money to the church in their will. Only they'd only get the money though if they did something very specific the way they wanted to. And our church has over the years historically bent to those rules a couple times. Now, there's a few times where they just said, "Yeah, no, we're not doing that." But there are times where they said, "Okay, yeah, we're building a new building. Well, we'll change something about the building because this person wanted." That person's literally dead, and they're <laughs> dictating how our church is being run. That is not healthy, and it's all about money. So, um, I, that's, and I'm sure, this is only gonna, I'm sure this is only going to further uh, your angst, Byron. Um, so if a uh, if a church's default might be oh well they'll come back around n- namely the young people because when I talk to some some of my folks you know I have some, a mixture of reactions um, there's kind of two tracks that I see them take and and I'm not sure where this is where where one of these comes from because I'm really curious about what discipleship looks like intergenerationally in in all y'all's opinions but it seems to me that like there's kind of this attitude that's maybe less than productive that says well once they figure out their own mess or once they mature or you once, say, they, once fig- they grow up and think like i do exactly it's an extremely selfish position to have well and that's the problem they don't they don't care about the younger generation they just say oh well they'll figure it out and they'll be like me later well there's, when, there's i think it's a yeah. twofold i think there's a twofold answer i think it's yes i agree with what byron's saying i think that there is some people who are just like you know i've i've paid my dues and now you know start happening the way I want them it is financially like dependent but I also think that there's an issue with kind of the cancel culture we live in with younger people like I just had a conversation with one of my young adults who just graduated on my youth group a couple weeks ago and he started going to a younger hipper college oriented church Um, and I basically said hey like if everybody leaves everybody leaves and I was just like like at some point, you know, some people have to say that they're going to stop and they're going to stay and they're going to, you know, give back to this church that helps raise them. But I understand that there's nothing for your age group right now. And the part of the problem is that everybody who's been in your age group has gone to another church that's doing the young hip thing, you know? And so it's like, we could have that kind of stuff here, but everybody just wants to go where there's, yeah. you know, 30 other people the same age as them. It's like, well, if we're starting something new, then that, that's not the reality we're in. Uh, so I think it's a both. I, I think, yeah, I think you're right, Ryan. The other thing too is some churches aren't set up to cater to younger people or their lives. Like art, as much as I've ragged in my home church and like where I grew up for a while, they did actually like they hired somebody. He was the youth pastor. He became the young adult pastor and they actually did like a legit young adult thing for a while. And it just didn't work. And he was the guy who could have got it to work. Like he did a really good job. And he, the problem is in some places like my hometown, a lot of young people, when they come here, they're here for a few years and they leave. Yeah. It's really hard to build a ministry when people are here for so short a time. So it's easier for our church to say, we have these people that have been coming here. They've been members here for 15 plus years. It's easier to cater to them than saying, Hey, we want people who are under 40 but they'll be here for a year and a half and they'll move again because there's no jobs here or housing's way too expensive. Like I understand why churches cater to people who are there consistently. It makes sense to me in a lot of ways. The problem I have is churches like my church will say things like we want young people, but then they won't ever do anything to reach young people. 
So let's play um, a hypothetical game. I want to ask all three of you, Os Byron first. Um, let's pretend that it's not a retirement community, Byron, like the one we grew up in. Well, yes, yeah, so I think let's, yeah, ours is kind of doomed, honestly, at the, so for that let, situation. But let's pretend that that you that this hypothetical church we're talking about is in uh, either a city or a town that, demographically speaking, every generation is accounted for in yeah. a very even, balanced way. So, um, so it just this is going to be yes or no. I, I know you're going to be tempted not to let it be just a yes or no, but each of you, I'm curious if, if in one of those communities where there's actually like, and it's not even just like all the young people live over here, but it's and all the old people live in this retirement area, but actually everyone lives around each other and everyone is evenly distributed age wise throughout the town. And it's all balanced. If your church is still just a young church or just an old church, are you failing at discipleship? Yes or no, Byron? Yes. Amy. Yes. Ryan. Um. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I think just real quick, like I think one of the keys to discipleship is having multiple generations to learn from. Ron said it too. He said not only should young people listen to old people, but it should be the other way around. You can't have really good, honest discipleship unless you have different generations communicating and sharing life together. And I think so, something something we're missing is that so many times we think the older, not that the older generation thinks this, but whatever, the church in general thinks the old generation doesn't need to be discipled anymore, that they should yeah. be the disciplers. And a lot of times they need to be discipled just as much. It's not like you reach 60 and stop mess, like messing up. So they they need accountability as well they need to be growing until they're dead so i think what we end up doing is just forgetting that that's important everybody needs to be discipled so amy as a mom and ryan i'm gonna ask you next as a youth pastor currently uh amy as a mom if there's one thing uh that you see because you have young kids but then you're uh you're in the kind of like that you're not totally 100% always aware of what is going on with youth culture. You have to Google such stuff like we do. But at the same time, like you have your parents' age generation. If you look at those two generations, your kids and your parents' generations and older, what do you think if there is a single thing? What do you think the biggest disconnect is between them? Is it like communication? Like they don't even say the same words. Is it uh, likes and interests? Is it well, if there's a thing, what do you mm -hmm. think the biggest disconnect is? trying trying to understand each other so communication like, possibly yeah just 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 under like wanting to get to know each other like trying to understand where the other is coming from because i sent my daughter to my parents for the week this summer while we went to kids camp because she was too old to go and just you know like i love my parents but she came back telling me different stories. And I just feel like, you know, I had to tell her, well, this is why they might have said yeah, that. And I would have had to say, <laughs> and then my mom calls and says, oh, she said this. Well, this is why she said that. Uh, you like, have to be the translator. Yeah. And I just feel like <laughs> I want them to just understand each other. Like, you know. What about you? Ryan? Yeah. What do you think is the biggest disconnect between maybe a teenager and like a boomer? If they're both at your church, what's the thing that's going to prevent discipleship or relationships from forming? Um, I think communication is part of it, but I think both I see, I think I've seen from both 
the older and the younger generation. So this isn't just an older um, person. I've seen it amongst the teens too, that just like a disinterest, like, oh, they're, they're, they're older or they're younger. So they obviously don't know what I'm going through. And so like, uh, just like an acknowledge that meant that, Hey, just, you know, somebody older can teach me something or somebody younger than me can teach me something. I don't know. I, I don't know what, what that would even be classified under like purposeful ignorance. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> willful. Yeah, yeah. Willful, intentional, yeah. purposeful ignorance. So real quick, our time's up, but Ryan, I did want to ask you one last thing and then we can do our closing thoughts. Um, why, why probably, why for that hypothetical scenario, um, why is it probably for you? Oh, um, because I think, Oftentimes, um, we get concentrated on numbers. I don't think numbers are the necessarily the best indication of discipleship. So, okay, like the question, the question was: if you have if you what? have mostly older people, <laughs> then are, is discipleship happening? I'm like, well, it's probably happening, but yeah, it's probably not as good as it probably should be. <laughs> That's fair. I knew one of you wasn't going to say yes or no because you didn't want to be bound into that <laughs> response. So closing thoughts, guys, uh, if you have anything uh, you want to think or you, you want to share or add to this, I, my, my closing thought, you know, kind of the whole Millennial Pastor podcast in the book is born of this trying to be more intentional between the generations and that sort of thing. But if Cassidy and Ron and Trevor can teach us anything, uh, at least for me, what I've taken away from all this stuff and feel free to add your, your two cents after this, uh, is that there's definitely some hope that, you know, I think Cassidy could sit in a room with Ron and feel loved and, and Trevor Mm -hmm. would be right there making Cassidy feel encouraged and learning from Ron and Ron would be listening to both of them. And I think that's just a beautiful picture of not just, not just like, Oh, church, that's going to be great. But just community, just being together as people and trying to help one another in this thing called life. So um, that's my, that's something that's encouraging to me. That's the grace and peace thing that, that I think we can see modeled through these guests that we've had that, you know, I think those three guys could sit in a room and have really meaningful, wonderful conversations and even become friends. So that's encouraging to me. Well, Definitely. You, you're also taking two of the nicest people on the planet in Ron and Trevor. So <laughs> there's very few people on this planet who couldn't sit in a room with them and feel encouraged and loved. I'm just being honest. They're two of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. I love those guys well, to death. But, Cassidy's um, pretty nice, too. Yeah, exactly. I like Cassidy a lot, too. So my, my thing is I want to make sure people understand. I know that I do come off as critical as an older generation. I keep trying to make sure. I'm, I'm trying to say it clearer. I think it's both. Well, not both. There's multiple generations. I think it's all of us get selfish. The biggest thing for me, like right now in our weird state where we're in is culture. It's, it's politics. It's also how we just have built walls up against around ourselves in the church. Bad theology has infected the church. And we have this idea where it's just like what Ryan said. I don't think generations care to, to learn about other people. It's not a they're all bad or like they're, they're all wrong and we're all right. It's we're both getting it wrong yeah. and we need to find ways to engage each other and actually care. And the problem with the church right now is that that's a hard thing to get people to do. I don't mm-hmm. know how to do that. I don't know how to fix it, but I mean like there are people on both sides who do care, but it seems like they're the quieter voices right now compared to the majority. 
and that's become a whole cultural thing. Like it's, it's, if you're, you're left leaning, you're right leaning, whatever, like there's no compromise in our culture as a whole. And it's infected the church with how we talk and deal with people mm-hmm. instead of saying, Hey, you know, I don't agree with you, but Christ called me to love you. I can still do that. Mm-hmm. So we got to figure out how to be nice to each other first and then <laughs> actually start listening. Simple. And that's a huge hurdle. Like that's, yeah. that's part of the reason the church is broken. What about you, Ryan? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I it's it's one of those things like like the church will never arrive, I guess. I mean, and I think that's a good thing. Um, and there's a reason why sanctification is a process that should last our whole lives, um, and that's just that we are continuing to learn. I hope that I never get to a point where I can't learn from somebody you know, older or younger than me. And I think that um, stuff like this, having conversations like this is encouraging that we can begin to maybe be more open about that. For sure. Can you spell sanctification you, so we can Google it? Wow, oh, dude, don't <laughs> ask me that. <laughs> Amy, final oh, thoughts. No. Um, I agree. I think if, if there's a theme to this podcast, it's it's listening, like with the generations we have to listen to one another. And I, I think... I think that was that's shown in all three of the other episodes that that Cassidy just needed someone to listen and I see the reason why Ron was successful with younger generations is because he was willing to put aside his opinions and just sit and listen and uh yeah same thing for Trevor that's his name right I'm sorry yeah sorry. um yeah, same thing for him. He just he has something he wants to say, and sometimes people weren't willing to listen. They were too busy hearing their own truth. So, yeah. Well, it's been fun, dudes. Um, I think next week we we will have. Uh, well, Amy, we're we're not going to have you next week, right? I know it's so. Sad, you guys dude. are going to be so sad. <laughs> so sad. Bring, bring your Kleenex. I'm already mourning. We're already mourning the loss of <laughs> I Amy. Bet. Just so everyone is aware, we are going to try to rotate out more millennial pastors for the short form. We're going to continue with this panel discussion format because we find it intriguing and it seems like other people are listening. But truly, if you have things you want us to talk about or you want to give us feedback, you can find us on the Internet. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We have a website called themillennialpastor.com. You can rate or review or even share this podcast and subscribe if you feel so inclined. Um, but remember, this is the short form. We have a long form version. If you don't know who this Cassidy guy is, this Ron guy or this Trevor guy is, there are more guests to come. This is the weekly ish hashtag blessed version of the show where it's just millennial pastors talking about stuff. So we are so glad that you listened. Thank you for listening to our sometimes, uh, silly conversations, but join us again next week ish. Until then, I'm your moderator, Josiah. I'm Byron. I'm Amy. And I'm Ryan, also known as Not Will. (laughs) Not Will. And this has been Hashtag Blessed. Peace.